Welcome to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. This is a happy hour, and what happy hour is complete without a few beverages? Chris, what are you drinking? So I cracked, I am not usually an IPA guy, but tonight I am drinking a Green Man Wayfair, which is an American IPA. Green Man is a brewery out of Asheville, North Carolina, and they are fantastic. What about you, Ryan? You know, I, I'm not going too far out this time. For me, it is a uh, it's a Stella Artois. I think everybody knows it, Belgian, and uh, fill a little imports and uh, changing it up from uh, what I was drinking last time. We have our beverages in hand. Let's get started. This is episode number three, and it starts right now. Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Araxum, your resource for marketing and technology. For more information, go to araxum.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. He's Chris Casale and I'm Ryan Smith. Thank you for joining us for this week on the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. Marketing is a passion of ours and we hope that you'll enjoy this episode. Our goal is to help your business achieve results so you can reach your goals. Today we're talking all things content, content marketing, content platforms, uh, communicating your content, sharing your content with your customers. How do you reach your customers? Content has always been important in marketing and and then advertising uh, that content. No matter where we are in the the stages of a business, content is, it truly is king. It's it's cliche, it's old, could even seem redundant, but Content marketing is something that should never stop and big believer in that no matter what's happening in the world, global crisis, pandemic, you should never stop creating content. Now, Chris, obviously when we're in this sort of this new world that we're all learning about every day since, you know, none of us were around in 1918 and creating content back then with the Spanish flu, we don't quite know what's going to happen next. But I would say that the one thing that we can do as a company, and that's whether you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur, small to medium-sized business, uh, multinational corporation, I think the common denominator with all of this is you can create content. Yeah, you know, this is a really fun topic because content marketing, there are just so many things that you can do. There's so many great creative ideas and ways for you to reach your your customers or the people that you, you need to speak to. And I think particularly during times like these, communication is more important than ever. Your customers need to know what's going on, um, how you're there to support them, uh, what you need from them in, in the way of you know brand ambassadors and things like that. I think we could probably have several podcasts about this topic, but uh, in the interest of trying to keep it a little bit light, I think we should probably break this into a couple different areas of discussion. And I think we should start with content platforms. And what I mean by that is digital platforms where you publish content or you make the content available. And then we can focus the second half of the podcast on how we're communicating those, that content to our customers. And with that, Chris, 
Can you dive in a little bit deeper and tell us a little bit more about, you know, the content marketing platforms and technology? Yeah, this is a real passion of mine because I sort of cut my teeth on this as I was moving sort of from the technology, from the software development side of things, more into the marketing space. Uh, one of the first projects I got to work on was actually one of the first projects that you and I got to work on uh, as professionals when we worked together way back when was the development of a blog. And I've launched three successful blogs since that time. And launching a blog is such an interesting project to try to undertake within a company. If you've got one, you know that it's it becomes one of the primary focuses for your marketing strategy. If you don't, it is almost impossible to get one started because you always hit so much resistance. There are numerous platforms for hosting blogs. Obviously, WordPress is the largest in the world. I, I don't want to spend any time talking about that, but I did want to share a story. If you are trying to get a blog going within your company, you only need one high ranking or, or somebody with enough power or weight within the organization to sponsor it in order to get the ball rolling. It is hard. It is a challenge because every project that comes up is always going to be more important than the blog. I can share with you a story about a blog that I launched in the higher education space. We were, we spent a lot of time, you know, all the work goes, comes in at the planning phase, right? The execution phase, if you've planned properly with any project, should be very, very simple. But when you're planning for a blog, you have to you have to come up with your marketing plan for it. You have to come up with your content plan. You have to come up with your editorial guidelines. And you need that stuff up front because later down the road, if you don't have it, other individuals will try to publish things that aren't fitting for the blog audience you're trying to reach. So at my day job in higher education, they didn't have a blog for the admission side of things. And one of the first tasks that I, or initiatives rather, that I undertook was to launch one. And we hired an SEO strategist and we had some copywriters. And uh, it was a very, very small team. And a lot of the content was actually created from campus partners because you just don't have a budget for that sort of thing. But we were able to get it off the ground. We were able to get it launched. Other projects would come up and they kept trying to kind of supersede the work that was being done on the blog. So I would, I would always try to make sure to get things done as quick as possible so that we could continue to focus on the blog. I would say it took six months to a year of just grinding, constantly publishing one new article a week. But the thing about SEO and, and a blog is that something magical, if you're doing it religiously, starts to happen right around the nine month, nine month to one year mark when people are starting to find the content that you're producing organically. So now you're not paying for these visitors. You're not, uh, you know, there, there's no other sort of traditional marketing methods. They're finding you through search. And that's magical because not only are people consuming the content that you're providing, but other people start to take notice that you're getting these visitors for free and the gears start to switch. So individuals that maybe didn't see the value in the blog before are all of a sudden coming up with ideas for content that they can produce on the blog. And here we are three years since that time. There are departments all across campus that publish. They've created downloadable uh, takeaways, uh, calls to action, uh, checklists and things like that for the blog. They've produced a ton of content and it's been able to grow 
hugely successful because now for three years we've published at least an article every week and it's just a tremendous success story and as I mentioned as I started this story this is the third one I've, I've launched like this and every story has been exactly the same it is a it's like pushing a, a boulder uphill but man once you get to the top it's it's really it's really just magical so you really have to have that persistence and that tenacity to just keep at it to, to publish enough content to get there because once you do the results are just incredible. Well, it's interesting you talk about blogging because a lot of people would say blogging. You know, we're in we're in a new decade. We're in the 2020s now. Blogging, and that's so 10 years ago. Um, there's so many blogs. There's so many articles. Uh, it's so hard to get on. You know, the search engine results page. Why would in you know the late 2010s would an organization decide, okay, now I want to start blogging when there's so much out there. But what you're telling us is that you actually saw success even with all the amount of content that is available when you do just a simple Google search. Well, the beauty of a blog is that you publish the, the area that you specialize in. And I'm sure that's similar to some of the other content that's out there, but it's probably not exact. And the other advantage to a blog as well is, is you know, typically or traditionally when people think of a blog, they think of written content, right? 500 to 2,000 words published once a week. But a blog is so much more than that. You can host video on it. You can host podcasts. You can, you can publish your podcasts or transcripts of your podcasts on it. I really think of it as just a platform uh, or a repository for placing all of your content to make consumable by your visitors. No, it's 100%. And, and I think there's just this big misnomer of, you know, individuals looking at it. It just seems, especially if you're starting out from, from scratch, whether you are a small to medium-sized business, that you look at this blog, it's like, boy, to break through and to get in with, you know, a first page ranking on Google or just to even be noticed, it's such an uphill battle. And so many people have this quick, you know, I'm not there. I just created a couple of articles and I'm, I'm getting no traffic. Why? How can this work? Or it worked for those that started in 2008 or it worked for those that started 2015 or worked for those that started in 2017. But man, in this new decade, I don't know if I can get noticed. But I like what you're saying because I agree with you. I think there is a place to create content in their written form. And there's multiple ways to create content. As you're talking about it as a platform, a technological platform where you can create a video. You can embed a YouTube video in a blog post and then write out an article. And I think those are great ways to incorporate sort of the, and it's so weird to say this, old school marketing tactics of a blog. Now it's really easy to incorporate something that people are increasing their consumption of, and that's video content. So you can take the best of both worlds, write an article, Maybe at the bottom of your article, you get on camera and you talk about the video in your own words. That's not exactly how you wrote it out if you were the author of the blog as well as the person writing it over uh, or voicing it over on video. And you can embed that YouTube in there. And now you can kind of get two birds with one stone right with the search engines of the written content over time. Just to recap for those who are not familiar with with blogs it is definitely a marathon it is not a sprint to get 
rankings and get your keywords on so that people can find you with the search engine search engine results page. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes six months, nine months uh, before you really want to start grading yourself. So it is a time investment, but embedding videos, now all of a sudden, that video, you had that video on YouTube. Well, on YouTube, you have a description. You And again, it's kind of a written form of descriptions. So you want to write out what your video is. So now you've created a video content. Hopefully that video can start showing in YouTube. When people are searching because a lot of times, well, most times people don't realize that YouTube is the number two search engine in the world. So you can have rankings through that, but also the written form and, and the blog content on your website. So hopefully between the two, you're going to start to get a little bit of momentum and people are going to discover you, let's say, on YouTube. And then they're going to click the link that you have um, in the description or on your YouTube channel, and they're going to go over to your website and learn you learn from there. So it's definitely, I think what we're saying is you don't just create a blog, set it and forget it and cross your fingers and just hope that people find it. There's clearly additional work that has to go to it. But I also think it's important, again, just to reiterate that this is something that's been around now for, you know, at least, you know, right 20 years, been popular for the last 10 to 15 but I think there's still space for people to get started. And while it is crowded, you can even say it's overcrowded, that you know, I think people can can make a difference. And I think you provided a great example of of a large higher education, you know, that was able to large in the sense of the volume of, of students that go to this place as well as, you know, it's it's sort of credibility around the nation. But at the same time, you can create content and and get people there and get noticed. So I thought that was kind of important to share. And creating content comes in many forms. Everybody is an expert in something. Whether you're publishing for your business and you want to highlight the things that, you know, or, or maybe the industry that your business serves. Uh, a lot of other speakers have used the term thought leadership in terms of the articles that you're publishing. I've, I've never really been a fan of that term just because I don't I don't think it's about thought leadership so much as it is from my perspective just to simplify it it's about being helpful it's about providing resources and information to your customers so that they're a little bit more informed and they can make a decision and hopefully when they're ready to make the buying decision that you're front and center for them right uh, there's lots of ways you can do that, as you mentioned, recording a video, recording audio, writing content, uh, lots of great infographics. If you happen to be a graphic artist, I've seen some amazing infographics as a way to publish that information. The other thing to note when you're talking about platforms is that you don't have to host a blog. You don't have to create. There are all kinds of, of, of free platforms that are publicly available. LinkedIn. It's a great example, huge content repository where they have a publishing platform now. You can do it under your own account. You can do it under a business account. And it's getting a lot of traction, a lot of attention. It just depends on what your goal is with with the piece of content that you're creating, whether you're trying to drive people to the website or to make a sale or just to be informative. There are, there are lots of platforms that are out there now that support the need for that and make it a lot, a lot easier for you. And I would say leverage others, leverage other experts, right? If you're a business, leverage the experts that work within your organization. If you're an individual, leverage friends and family even. Talk to them, you know. Shoot, who doesn't have a podcast nowadays? We have a podcast. That means everybody's got a podcast. Uh, interview your friends, interview your family and whatnot and create valuable pieces of content that way. 
it's great to hear you mention LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not new. LinkedIn has been around for a while. LinkedIn really has made positive changes. And a lot of this has happened since Microsoft has bought them. And, and sometimes when you get big organizations like a Microsoft buy something that people are using, sometimes you wonder, is it for the best or is it going to just go by the wayside? I think we've seen it actually increase and it's the way it can reach and connect with relevant connections, peers, uh, other users on the site that you can get value from. Now, at the same time, it's also how people use it and I have they have questionable methods, but you can't blame the platform necessarily for that. I just think people don't quite know how to use it entirely, but that's beside the point because you can get great value through creating content on LinkedIn. By the way, that blog post we talked about, you can create a post and link out to your blog post. You can create an article in LinkedIn where it basically you use LinkedIn as its own blogging platform where you then reach out and all your connections and, and LinkedIn uses hashtags that, that seem to work. Uh, maybe not as quite as well as like an Instagram, but it does work. And I think it draws the attention of, of, you know, obviously users that are searching for that specific hashtag. But LinkedIn is, is continues to grow and it continues to expand its reach. While the written form of content is good across the board, if you were to take that content and turn it into video content on LinkedIn, you are casting a much wider net. Now, you can obviously say that on Facebook is going to do the same. Instagram is going to do the same. TikTok, which is the fastest growing social media platform in the world, is also becoming a place where it's not just for, you know, 16-year-olds who are creating these, you know, videos of themselves lip-syncing and dancing. It is becoming a marketing uh, platform. Gary Vee has his own you know, TikTok channel and creates tons of content, gets a lot of views. Now it skews younger, but at the same time, it's continuing to grow. And like all these platforms, it's good to be an early adopter so that you're not late in the game, um, especially if you're just trying to create a blog for the first time in history. Well, it's, you're, you're late to the party, but better late than never, as we'd say on this. So I think the different platforms are, are huge. And when we look at you know industry reports, and I like to look at those, and, and Social Media Examiner puts out an annual report, and their 2020 report actually shows that only 59% of marketers are utilizing the LinkedIn platform. And I think that is extremely low with it. They have Facebook at 94% of marketers are using it. That's about right. Instagram at 76%. I'm surprised it's only 76%. Is that continues to be the platform of choice for influencers. So again, these are platforms that people are creating content and distributing content on with LinkedIn coming in at 59%. LinkedIn is huge. Their organic reach is still better than those other two platforms we talked about with Facebook and Instagram. Instagram Stories is still pretty big if you can get content on there that you have a wide reach. But creating content on LinkedIn, again, written video, make meaningful connections uh, with people. They'll see your content. You'll get some engagement. And I think that when you get engagement on LinkedIn, it works similar to like a Google search results in the sense that if people like it, comment on it, share it in the first few hours that you 
you know, produce your content and go live with it on LinkedIn, all of a sudden it expands the reach of it. But the thing is you can control who you're connecting with on LinkedIn. So if you're connecting with the right people, the decision makers, you know, that potentially down the road, one of you know, you want to do business with, whether it's, they want to be a customer of yours, you want to be affiliate of theirs, whatever it is, it's a great opportunity to meet, you know, to meet with and connect with truly relevant people in any industry. So it's important to maintain a strong presence, create that content. And we're saying all of this to say, even during a global pandemic, this is an economic crisis that we're seeing, you can create content. You don't have to put advertising dollars behind it. And it's, it's important to note that, that you can still make a difference in your business. Maybe it's you're not making it in the same strides that you did, but you're still making a difference. And utilizing these platforms, I think, is, goes a long way uh, to doing it. So I, I wanted to reiterate that as we're talking about the different platforms and creating content with written content, video, and you know, social media. Because it's never too late to start these if you've never started them before. Don't be afraid to reach out on LinkedIn. Don't just connect with people. Make it a social media platform for business because that's what it is. Connect with people, create content. If you have nothing to say, find an article that you agree with, that you like what it has to say, share it on LinkedIn, but don't just share it. Put your bullet points of your opinion on it. Put your flavor. And I think that's what helps draw people to you because we're digital marketers. We're a dime a dozen, right? There's millions of us out there. But what differentiates you from somebody else, I think, is your personality. It's the things that you have to say. And you might not be there for everybody, but you're going to connect with somebody that agrees with you. And at the end of the day, it's quality over quantity. And you just need a few people, valuable connections to connect with where you can actually you know, generate some business. And it might not be today. But when the smoke kind of clears of this pandemic and whenever it will, and eventually it will, that, you know, you're top of mind so that when somebody's ready to do business, you're the person that they think of. Yeah. And I think when you hear about all of the options that you have, you know, quoting the social media examiner report, it's easy to get overwhelmed. I think as far as takeaways go, if you're if you're going to take away something from this, don't allow yourself to be overcome with fear or uh, analysis paralysis trying to decide, you know, how am I going to keep up with all of that stuff? You don't have to. The purpose of noting that there are multiple channels is that you have options. There are lots of options that you can use to publish. Pick one. Pick the one that is most relevant to the audience that you are trying to reach. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned TikTok skewing a little bit younger. LinkedIn tends to be a little bit more of a professional network, a working professional network and whatnot. Find the one that fits the niche that you are trying to reach and create relevant content for that platform. And then your distribution, you know, if you're using a platform like LinkedIn, obviously it's built into that. It's shared with all of your connections. But, you know, if you're running a blog, you start an email subscriber list and start sharing that way, uh, as well as publishing those articles on social media and things like that. And to your point about the importance of communication, you know, now more than ever, I would argue it's always of high importance, you know, but of course, as we're, we're in the middle of this global pandemic, both health and economic it's a great way to be able to reach your customers or to make information available to them in a setting where they can find it when they're ready for it. So 
just make sure you keep that in mind. Don't get overwhelmed by this. Know that it, it's it's possible to do it, even likely, as long as you're you're tenacious and you keep at it, and you you have options. But focus on one that is relevant to you, and just get the ball rolling a little bit. And I think at the end of the day, the big takeaway is no matter what's happening in the world, it's important to never stop marketing. You're going to hear this a lot. And because you never should stop marketing, even when somebody purchases from you and it's in a perfect world and, and everybody's at peace and we're all healthy and that customer makes a purchase. And you could have a business where you don't have an upsell. There's nothing there to drive more business, but you don't stop marketing to them because even in that scenario, that person could refer other people to your business and you continue to email them reach out to them on social media and stay top of mind because if they have a good experience, they're going to tell their peers in the industry or their friends and refer them back to you. So you never stop marketing no matter where a person is in the cycle or what's going on in the world. You might have to adjust how you do it based on your budget, um, maybe the frequency, maybe the the the, the big production videos have to go away, but you can still create a video. Some of the biggest videos that go viral are, you know, people in their driveway, walking their dog in a car. Not a big fan of people in the car. I think it's overdone just to put my little footnote on there. However, you can create videos anywhere and people will take notice. And I think that's a big thing about today's podcast is never stop marketing, continue to do something that Maybe people look back and say, it's too late to get in the game, which would be creating a blog. Get in there, start today, and be consistent with it. And uh, you'll make a difference You know, over time. You will. And keep at it. And tell us about your success. We want to hear about it. You can email us at podcast at araxum.com. You can also reach us on all kinds of social networks. I'm on Twitter at RealChrisCasale. That's R-E-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-A-L-E. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan Smith, F-L-A, or hit me up on LinkedIn, and you can look, do a search for Ryan Smith Marketing. You can find us there. And of course, if you ever type in Araxum on LinkedIn, you'll find us uh, there as well. So again, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review on iTunes, preferably you know, a positive one. If you got any value out of this podcast or maybe even a, a hint of a laugh, please share it with your friends and your colleagues. This will help spread the word about digital marketing happy hour. Before we go, I know we're running a little bit long today, so we apologize for that. But in the interest of consistency, the Keep It Light segment, what are you binge watching these days? My watching has, uh, during this pandemic, has been a, a mixture of things on Netflix, which kind of talked about previously between Ozarks, uh, Outlander, which is on Stars, but also because, you know, when you have young children at home, Apple TV family. So there is a show called Helpsters, which is made from the uh, Sesame Street. So there's a lot of kid programming that's happening and, and these damn catchy songs sometimes get embedded in your brain and you can't get you know rid of them uh as well as my uh my son has discovered through disney plus phineas and ferb and those are the things that are just constantly during the day anyway going through so nothing exciting there but they are top of mind 
Well, as far as cartoons go, Phineas and Ferb is one of the more actually enjoyable ones. I didn't mind watching that. There's there's some pretty brutal shows out there for kids. I recently discovered Mindhunter on Netflix, and I'm sort of bummed that it took me this long to find it, but wow, what a psychological thriller this one is. It's uh, Apparently it's based on the true crime book Mindhunter of the same name, uh, but it's basically dates back to the late 70s, early 80s, and it covers the time period under which the FBI sort of came up with the criminal profiling, where they coined the term serial killer. It talks about notorious serial killers like Ed Kemker, uh, and eventually it gets into Charles Manson, and it, just a really, really fascinating look at it. Uh, dramatized, obviously, but uh, just a really excellent show. Highly recommend it. I will definitely have to check that out. I've actually heard other people mention uh, positive things about it. I actually forgot about it, so I'm glad you mentioned it. So that's it for us this week. Check us out next week, and don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits is a song called In My Pocket by Jazzer. You can find it on their album Message. Learn more at betterwithmusic.com. Thank you for listening.